Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a nasty little Nebraska desert. Today we are joined by former Iowa Hawkeyes running back Torin Young. Mr. Torin Young, thank you for joining us. How you doing? Good, good, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to do the show. Man, you're still looking buff in shape, like you're ready to go, like you could hit the field today and play. Tell all the Hawkeye fans out there what you're up to right now, what's new with you, what's going on in your life, your family, everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot has uh, changed since graduation. Um, most recently, uh, had a child. Uh, he's Congrats. six months ago, so getting thank you. He's getting pretty big, just started crawling. So that's been exciting and a fun new journey. Um, got a job at, over at my old high school, Monona Grove, as the student and family engagement specialist. Cool. So I've been working with kids and their families. Um, and being back in the school setting has been awesome. And then um, just signed a contract to play arena football with the Green Bay Blizzard. So really excited about that. And then um, also getting married this spring. So been a uh, busy, busy uh, beginning of the year so far. 
Wow, wow. You got a lot of changes going on and a lot of a lot of new stuff. Tell us about this uh Green Bay Blizzard opportunity. Now, the Arena Football League is a ton of fun to watch. Like I whenever I could go to a game, I've been to like Kansas City Brigade, Iowa Barnstormers, all that. Tell us about that how that opportunity came up and what you're doing to really prepare for it. Yeah. So, I mean, um I had been in contact with um, some of the coaches and, and Coach Roberson uh, over the past two years, really. I know last year, um, the year right after um, the draft that – so I entered that the 2020 draft that would have been um, – didn't get any opportunities, didn't get my name called um, right around when COVID started. And then that following spring, um, had been in contact with some coaches for the Blizzard and – Kind of just didn't work out at the time. I was working in a sales job, and um, with that, uh, it was just tough because you work all year round. So it's like you can't really afford to always just up and move, especially when you got kids. And, um, you know, so that that was tough, and I had to pass on that season. Um, But now with working in the school district and being on a contract and having summers off and things like that, something I can kind of work with in my schedule and it was more realistic uh, just to do now that I'm a little bit more settled in and with the routine. So okay. I mean, to uh, prepare for it, I've really been ever since um, I had stopped playing at Iowa. Um, I had been, you know, training and staying in shape, trying to just wait on, on my opportunity and my moment. And I mean, there's a probably a three month gap where I kind of just stopped and I wasn't on it, but um Ever since then, I'm waking up every morning, 5.30, uh, going in, I'm running my mile. I'll uh, do some lifting. I got a lifting program that I put together, and then I'll do some speed and agility work after the lift. So I'm I'm working really hard. All right. Well, Torin, tell us a little bit about what uh, what went into your decision to leave. And correct me if I'm wrong, you could have potentially come back for one more season and you decided to move on and try things out at the next level. What, what all went into that decision? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there was a lot, a lot that kind of played into it. Um, you know, it was a tough decision to make. Um, I felt like at the time, you know, there was, I I felt like my carries at Iowa kind of started to decrease and I kind of felt like my window was closing to make that decision. Um, You know, I, I loved, I loved Iowa. I loved my teammates, teammates and a lot of the coaches that I worked with. So it's definitely a tough decision. Um, And I also had the option to transfer. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was really tough to kind of weigh on that. Like, do I leave Iowa and and go transfer to another school and get the carries that I felt I deserved, um, get more film, get that opportunity. But then there's a whole thing about starting starting fresh, starting new, and kind of that feeling that you kind of gave up and quit on uh, some of your guys. Or you, it, it was just a lot. So, yeah. um, you know, I didn't – at the time, I didn't want to transfer, but I did see that window closing – and I knew if I would have stayed at Iowa, um, just based off of the past couple, the last couple of games in the season, um, you know, that Wisconsin game, I started, got a lot of carries. I thought I uh, ran the ball pretty effectively to start. And then 
you know, that next game didn't really get any, didn't get any time against Minnesota or anything like that. So, you know, I, I felt that Iowa um, was moving in a different direction as far as carries. And, you know, it was, it's tough because we had three running backs sharing carries and, and it's tough to kind of manage that. And so I fully understand. And, you know, I, I had fun playing with those guys and there was guys who weren't even in that rotation that, you know, were, were good running backs and could get carries. I mean, you look at Ivory Kelly Martin. I know um, he had a pretty good season this year. Um, dealt with some some of the same things that I was going through, yeah. whether it be uh, injuries, just getting less carries. Um, but I, I think you know it's a similar situation. It was it was tough just to make that decision. The really cool thing about you, Torin, that I know a lot of Hawkeye fans were really impressed with was. Um, how many times you were named to the leadership group, especially at an early age, um, you were consistently seen as a leader and as a role model on that team. Tell us about that feeling um, of getting chosen to be on the, on the leader, on the leadership group and what all that entailed. Definitely. Um, you know, it was, it was an honor to be a, a, on the leadership team for a program like Iowa. Um, when you look at, some of the the names that have gone through the University of Iowa when it comes to captains and leaders, um, you know, it, it's been an honor to be in that position. And um, getting that opportunity as a, at a young age uh, was definitely awesome. I just tried to go in and do everything the way, the right way, you know. Um, I wanted to go in, learn as much as I could, uh, take – you know, whatever opportunities I got to step up and lead and, and make sure I was taking advantage of those and utilizing. Um, I've always been that type of person, uh, even being one of the youngest people in the room. Uh, I've never been one to kind of take a back seat. So I've always wanted to be, you know, vocal and be that guy um, who leads both vocally and by example. You know, I wanted to mm. I've never been the most athletically gifted. I've never been the smartest in the room, but um, I've always tried to be one of the hardest workers and, and, and be a leader. And the staff clearly respected you. Um, you were you were chosen, I believe, at a younger age than almost anyone else to go to Big Ten Media Days. You represented the program there. Tell us about the the experience at Big Ten Media Days. It always seems like kind of a media circus there, and um, I, football fans are just salivating at that time of the year wanting football wanting to see it so you know football nerds like me as soon as that comes on I mean I'm watching every second of it and I'm watching teams that I don't even care about you know just because I want that football tell us about what that experience was like to represent the University of Iowa at Big Ten Media Days no yeah it it was definitely um great experience and it's tough because you know you only take three guys a year and there's so many guys deserving to go so again it was a huge honor to be able to represent the University of Iowa. Um, the whole experience was was great, you know, getting to see um, a bunch of the guys you compete with on Saturdays outside of the uniform and, you know, outside of the, the stadiums where, you know, when you're on the field, there's no friends, you know. Yeah, but yeah. You talk to a lot of guys, you see some guys you know or have competed with in high school or in, in different sports and things like that, or you saw on recruiting visits, and it's cool to hear their experiences and then on the media side it's just fun to um kind of step outside your shell a lot of the stuff you do or they ask you you might not be the most comfortable with or um it's kind of out there and wild and goofy but it's kind of fun to see 
you know, coaches and other players in that light as well. Does it does it ever get like semi heated or like any smack talk with the other guys? Like, you know, you walk by like, you know, some Nebraska guys or Wisconsin <laughs> or Minnesota guys, those schools that we have that little bit of an edgy rivalry with. And like, is there any looks or anything like that? Like, OK, I can feel a little bit of heat here. There's, there's def, definitely a little posturing going on, uh, you know, guys poking their chest out a little bit. Um, some guys you don't talk to. Um, some guys you do. Some guys you don't. Um, I mean, you can see it with the coaches and, and everything, too. It's interesting to see um, just how the coaches in, interact as well. But, um, yeah, definitely a little, okay. little tension in the air. Uh, I always wondered that. I'd be like, you know, I was. I always wondered if there was a little smack talk on the side or any dirty looks or anything like that. But <laughs> I, I know you guys always keep it first class. So, oh, yeah. you know, here I'm sure you didn't participate if there's anything like that going on. No. Um, <laughs> One thing I wanted to talk to you about as well is the famous woodshed game. Now, you had limited carries, but when you got the ball, you made an impact. Um, I believe it was about five five or six carries for 47 to 50 yards, I believe, altogether. Pull us in to that day in that environment. Uh, that was just an unbelievable game. It was awesome to be able to see just everything seemed to just kind of go right for us that day the environment was amazing the uniforms that you guys wore I kind of want you to tell me about what you thought about those because those were sick and just to bring us into that day yeah um definitely I I, you guys start with the uniforms um oh getting get those were awesome I mean and you don't I will every once in a while we'll do something new or interesting with the uniforms not too much I, I remember my freshman year at Iowa we brought out yellow cleats um, and I think that would have was against I think North Dakota State. It would have been. Didn't Kirk yeah, hate those? He got rid of them quick. Yeah, and KF was like, "Yep, nope, we're going back to white cleats." So we don't do much with our uniforms. So to see that, that was pretty cool. Um, so you know the you know the quote: "You you feel good, you play good." You know, yeah. Look good, look good, feel good, play good. Excuse me, but um, so we definitely looked and felt really good, and we we played good, but um. You know, to to go back to that game, it was funny. So Akram Wiley was the star running back at the time, obviously. Um, and we would always joke before games. Um, and there were certain games where I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to get some carries this game. I, I know what's going on. So, you know, I, I go over on the uh, sideline and defense goes out first. I'm like, hey, come on now, get it going fast so I can get some carries in this game. Like these new uniforms, I need some carries. Yeah. And he looked at him, he's like, nah, you ain't getting carries in this game. And so we laughed about it. And then uh, Amani Hooker gets that uh, pick, right, to start the game. Yeah. And I look, I say, hey, I might get some carries this game. And he looked at me, he's like, nah, <laughs> you ain't getting carries. <laughs> and then so, you know, after that, we, we get it going and we're, we're uh, firing an off cylinder, scoring points, having fun out there. And – a little bit after halftime, he was like, "Yeah, get ready. You about to get some carries." So, all right, um, and you know, it was it was just a funny little story. But you know, I always try to stay ready for my opportunity. Um, that's one thing I think I can look back and be proud of at Iowa. Um, like I said, I, I didn't get as many carries as I would have wanted, and but what I can say is, when I did get in the game, um, I made the most out of every opportunity. 
Um, yeah. and that was just an example of that. We like to ask everybody, um, all the guys that played in that game, a similar question, and they all have a little bit of a different answer. But each of them always said that there's a point in that game where they felt like Ohio State gave up, where where you guys broke their will. Do you remember approximately like at what point in the game where you're like, we got this, like this is ours. We, you know, they're we're running through them right now, and we've broken them. Is there any point that you remember feeling that way? Uh, it's tough to re- remember the exact moment, um, but I honestly just with the the environment that we were in that first pick of the game, like we punched them in the mouth there. Yeah. And I think that just kind of set the tone for the game. Like they knew this wasn't going to be a rollover game. Like we were coming out to play, we were coming out to fight. And from that very moment, like that sparked it. So, I mean, a lot of guys might not say that they knew from that point on that we were going to win the game. Um, But I knew from that moment on, like it was going to be a dog fight. And so that that moment, you know, that I think that was the the um, moment of the game. Honestly, that was a big turn. Okay. One other game that we wanted to talk to you about, too, and we asked guys about this because it just kind of organically came up a lot was the pinstripe bowl that I try to make it to as many bowl games as I can. Wasn't able to go to that one. It looked miserable. <laughs> it looked frigid out there when you guys were playing. And we heard a lot of frustrating things from guys about the field about how you weren't able to get your footing and they were sliding all over the place. Tell us about how that game, the atmosphere of that, playing a game in Yankee Stadium, what that was like and what the field conditions were like. Yeah, that was uh, definitely the most interesting game I had been a part of um, as a Iowa Hawkeye. The field was literally, it was like an ice rink. Guys didn't know whether to wear cleats or whether to wear tennis shoes. Yeah. Um, Boston College, they they came out in tennis shoes after warm-ups for the game. And, I mean, that turned out to be a mistake. Guys were sleeping all over the place. But I can tell you the cleats weren't much better. Um, it, the field was so hard that it was almost like playing on concrete. I yeah. mean, when guys were just – went from the moment we stepped on, it was like, man, you don't want to get tackled on this. Like, you don't want to be – and you could tell during the game, like, just by the way, the, it was tough for defense because – and offense too, but there you don't get much change of direction. You try to change direction, you slip. It was it was uh, definitely crazy. Interesting game, but Yankee Stadium, beautiful stadium, beautiful atmosphere, a lot of history um, with the Yankees, and, and it was awesome to be able to play on, on that field and in that city. I need to circle back because I kind of skimmed over something early on that I really wanted to talk to you about with growing up in Madison and in Wisconsin. That's a great town. I mean, no matter what, like you're a Hawkeye fan. I've been there before. That place is fun. It's a beautiful town. What did it feel like um, first in your recruiting process, ended up going to Iowa? What was that process like? And then also too. Uh, in retrospect, what it was like going up against the Badgers. I'm sure that was one that you just wanted a little bit more than the others. Yeah, I mean, uh, first off with recruiting, um, it was definitely interesting, um, especially with the history with Iowa and Wisconsin when it came to Melvin Gordon. You know, Melvin Gordon was uh, committed to Iowa, obviously, and then switched to Wisconsin. So my whole recruiting process, there was people like, oh, are you going to switch to – you're going to flip to Wisconsin like Melvin Gordon did or what, you know, so that was, um, that was always the talk of the town 
uh, during the recruiting process. Um, but the game was always, always fun. Um, a lot of guys that I knew from high school were on the team or that I played against or, um, you know, guys I had met through recruiting. Um, and then just that opportunity to come out in your the city you grew up in um, against the team you grew up watching to be in front of the 80,000 fans at Camp Randall and be able to carry the ball. You know, I, I played there, what, it would have been uh, twice. Yeah, so the first time that night game, it was pretty cold and didn't get carries till late. That wasn't fun. They, I think, that yeah, they blew us out. But okay. the second game, being able to start um, was awesome. And it was fun. Got a couple of really good runs in there. I felt like got got rolling, got some momentum, and then uh, I think we ended up uh, like bobbling a snap in a drive um, or like a QB center exchange, and then kind of went out for a little bit after that. Didn't get uh, many cares after that, but I mean, I was I was feeling it though. Um, I was definitely feeling good um, being able to carry the ball and you know try and run some guys over and and kind of established that uh dominance and, and moved the chains it was awesome all right now we I, I need you to really think i'd be a deep thinker on this one okay pull yourself back to your college days all right what are some funny stories like some guys that were jokesters we always hear about pranks going on all kinds of different things that guys look back and they're just like God, I can't believe that happened. That was ridiculous. Puts a smile on your face and you laugh. What What's a story or two of some hijinks or something that happened maybe in the locker room, weight room, practice, something like that that you look back on and laugh and like, man, I can't believe that happened. Wow, yeah, that's tough. You can do it. Come on. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably something. Um, man, that is... Anybody on the team that just made you laugh that was always, like, pulling shenanigans? Yeah. There's – I mean, there's a lot of funny guys on the team. Uh, That's tough to think of, like, one one moment or one thing. But um, I don't know. I was roommates with Imani Jones. Okay. And uh, Kyle Taylor as well. Um, And so we had some pretty funny stories uh, in good times, but – I, I I don't know. I got to think on that. That's tough. You put me on okay. the spot there. But. We'll circle back. We'll circle back before it's over. Do you have any extra light in there, Torin? We can't really see it. It's yeah, like real, I'm trying to see if I can. Um, real dim. I can see people now being like, we couldn't even see him in the interview. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move this to the, I'm going to go to the nursery. There's more light in there. Okay. We're making this interview mobile. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that question right. at the end. I know that's a tough one. Even when I warn guys about that question, they, it's just like, yeah, I got a million things, but like nothing. It's usually stuff that they can't, they feel like they can't share on the podcast yeah. that, that their buddy is. So I always say, share the story, but leave guys nameless if you have to. So we've, um, we've had guys share, share stories about getting all their equipment taped to the ceiling. Um, <laughs> stories about guys that like, you know, hanging out naked in the computer lab by the locker room, like oh, wow. doing yeah. their homework, weird stuff like that. It's like, I would have been a mess. I'm one of those people that once I start laughing and if I know I'm supposed to stop, then it all falls apart. And yeah, it, it's, it's not a good deal. Um, so while we're thinking about that, pull us into uh, the, the holiday bowl, which was a really, as a fan, an amazing game to watch and mm-hmm. be a part of. Now, 
you, I don't think that you guys got to hear this, but Reggie Bush and Matt Liner were the in-studio guys before the game, oh, wow. and they pretty much were saying that Iowa didn't have a chance, that <laughs> USC had way more talent than us, they have way more elite athletes, and just the speed and athleticism of USC was just going to trounce the Hawkeyes. And then you should have seen their face at halftime when they cut to the studio. They were shocked. Like, it was just like, they, you know, something horrible just happened to them. They were like, uh, what's going on here? Like, oh. Uh. And then at the end of the game, they're calling for uh, Clay Hilton's job and how frustrated and annoyed they are with the state of USC football. So <laughs> as a Hawkeye fan, it was very, very satisfying mm-hmm. that, you know, you have some of those programs that are a little elitist like USC that, you know, kind of think they're, even if they're bad, they think they're better than other people. Yeah. Pull us into that game. What was that environment like? Um, how did that feel to put the shellacking on the USC Trojans? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, USC, very, like you said, uh, huge history in their program of great teams. And, and um, you know, they're one of those big name teams when, when you think of college football and you think of the top teams. Um, so it was definitely awesome to be able to play that opponent. Um, the environment at uh, – well, I think – did they change the name of that stadium or is it still Qualcomm Stadium over there? I think that's still the name. Yeah. That that was a uh, really cool environment, though, too. Um, just being a kid watching Chargers games there um, and seeing that big wall that they got in that uh, end zone there. And- you know what? I heard today that they just demolished it. Wow. Yeah, yeah and, and they're building the San Diego State's building a new stadium there since oh, the Chargers moved. I just heard that today. Wow. Yeah, That so just, I mean, seeing that stadium was and being able to play in it was super exciting. Uh, great opponent. Um, great bowl game. Um, Amir Smith-Marset had a crazy game uh, that game. So it was, it was all awesome and exciting to be a part of a play-in. Um, it was very bittersweet, though, at the same time, uh, especially, like for me knowing that it was going to be my last game as a Hawkeye. Um, but definitely had a good time and enjoyed that trip with, with the guys. What was your absolute favorite thing about being a Hawkeye? Living in Iowa City, being a member of the Iowa football team, it definitely had to been and will be one one of the best experiences of your life, hopefully. Uh, tell us a little bit about like what your favorite things were about being a Hawkeye. Definitely. Um, you know, first and foremost, just my teammates, um, the bonds and relationships I built with them. Um you know, during why you play football, there's a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily like. And you're like, man, I can't wait till I'm done with this. But it's like, yeah, I look at the uh, conditioning we do. I hated conditioning as a player. Hated it. I'm like, I can't wait. Once I'm done playing football, I'm never doing this again. Um, but like the big conditioning test when we're doing quarters and, and out there running in the, you know, that uh, humid Iowa, Iowa heat and you're, you you got to push through when you feel like you can't go anymore and you just got your brothers to lean on and you're like, all right, I see Amani Jones is, is going and he's making his times every time and he's leading the pack and he's pushing, uh, you know, I'm going to do the same. And, and, you know, that the struggles and all the hard things you go through, the early morning meetings, the lifting, um, you know, and the bond you create through that is awesome. Um, then next, just knowing that every time you put on that Tiger Hawk, 
you put on the black and gold. Um, there's a history of underdogs and and under recruited and, and tough, smart, physical football players and guys that came before you. Um, you know, every no matter who we were playing, whether it was Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, um, USC, Mississippi State, um, you always knew like you know. People, people don't think I was flashy. They don't give us the respect we deserve. But you know, when you when you put on that uniform and you're swarming together and you, you're holding hands, it doesn't matter what you know. It's it's us against everybody, and and I love that feeling. And um, you know, I, there's nothing that duplicates that or can replicate that feeling. Oh. Man, you couldn't have said that better. That got me fired up. That was amazing. That was beautifully said. I. Uh, that might be the best description I've ever heard of that. So that was freaking awesome. Um, before we let you go here, um, we want to get you know your opinion on you know the the state of the football program right now uh, with how the team finished last year, ten and four, ten win season. You can't really you know scoff at that. It's ten win seasons always mm-hmm. something to be very proud of. Uh, wh- what are you seeing out there as a guy that has played? For the Hawkeyes, when you're watching them, what are your observations right now? You know, it's it's tough. And, you know, I can give my opinion, and it's easy for me to say because I'm sitting on the couch watching, you know. Um, yeah. And, obviously, I was a part of the team, and I have, you know, my opinions and my experiences. But, um, you know, I, I can get – I'll give you my opinion, but I just want to preface it with, you know, I'm not there. You know, I don't yeah. know what's going on in the building. and. You know, it's easy for me to be a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator sitting on the couch, you know? Yeah. I think uh, it was – this season was was awesome, first of all. 10-win season, you don't see that much. Um, you know, that I don't – yeah, I, I don't know. I, I forget the records when I played on the team. I don't know if we made it – if we had a 10-win season when I was playing. I don't think so. Um but anytime you, you're up in the double-digit wins, that's awesome. Anytime you get a chance to go to Indy, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Playing in a great bowl game like the Citrus Bowl, awesome. Uh, I thought we kind of – it was hard offensively for us to really get in the groove. Um, you know, I think um, we we have, we have definitely have the weapons, um, but we just didn't really get in a rhythm and, and get um, really – I would like to see us lean a lot more on the run game and yeah. get that established, but it's tough, you know. Um, I like the I liked how the young running backs played in the uh, the last game. Um, I think that we could do a better job of utilizing our pieces, you know. Um, yeah, Goodson, great running back. Um, he can do it all, you know. He can he can carve out tough yards, but, you know, he's best in space. Yeah. Um, so I think taking some of those those carries off of him where he's trying to carve out those tough yards can be very beneficial. I think that's what worked well when it was me, Makai, and Goodson in the backfield. Um, you know, I had a lot of the, the um, you know, when, when the fullback was in the game, I was in the game a lot of time trying to carve yeah. out the tough yards. Makai, you know, did a little bit of everything. But then we could really utilize Goodson in space, um, getting them in some single back stuff, screens, draws. I thought that was um, that helped us establish more of a run game. Um, 
And, you know, I, it, it's tough um, to say. I, I think the quarterbacks, it was tough for them to get in a groove. You know, yeah. Spencer dealt with some injuries and, and different things, so it's tough for him to kind of <laughs> get going. And then um, when you got Padilla coming in, uh, you know, he did he did an awesome job as well, but he never really got into his groove. So offensively, I thought, you know, it was different. A lot going on, dealing with adversity. Um, so just getting a better groove in that. But yeah, teams did great. Defense played great. Um, offense, you know, they showed great moments. But, you know, it, it's it's tough. It's easier said than done. It's some of the same stuff we were working on when, when I was there. And it's easier for me to critique the offense yeah, or say – have an opinion on the offense because I played offense and I can't say much about defense. Yeah. So I get that. I get that. I liked how you prefaced it too. It's like, we're not there. We all still have opinions, some critical, some complimentary, but at the end of the day, we're not there. We're not living it. We're not in the system. We're not in the building every day. So we only know so much. We only can Mm -hmm. say so much, you know, but we can still have our opinions, but always, I always like to preface it as well. I don't know for sure. I'm not there every day. You know, it's hard to tell. Um, Coach Brian Ferentz has gotten a lot of heat from fans because of the offensive output this year. What was your relationship uh, like with Brian, um, and how how did he help you become a better player? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing with Brian was um, he helped me uh, learn more about the game, learn more about the X's and O's. Um, Brian is – extremely intelligent when it comes to football um and he's a good teacher and showing you how to how to break down film and how to look at different things on the field to get tips like oh well if I look at this um if I see the safety doing this I know they they could be bringing a blitz here or um when the backer's stance is like this I know he's dropping off in the coverage um so so definitely helped me um in that aspect of the game Awesome. Awesome. Torn, thank you a ton for taking time out of your busy schedule with work, with the family, everything you have going on. I mean, it's very obvious for us to see here and uh, you know, the, why the Hawkeye coaching staff and your teammates are always so complimentary of you and always held you in such high regard as a leader and as a role model. So thank you for everything you did for Iowa football. Just know that as Hawkeye fans, we'll never forget you. We always talk about you to this day, and we're always super appreciative of everything you did for us. Thank you. I really appreciate that, and um, thanks for the opportunity to be on the show. All right. Heck, yeah. All right. Thanks, Torn. Go Hawks. All right. Go Hawks. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store at jcp.com for details.